we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. My name is Simone, I'm your host, and this is our Path to Power season. You're going to be hearing over this season from the inspirational, amazing humans who featured on this year's Future and Power lists. They're change makers, trailblazers, magic makers who are making a difference in their communities, challenging the norm, creating more inclusive cultures, and just getting stuff done. And there's so much to learn from this season's guests as, you know, and I love that. I love getting all of that inspiration and advice to drive, whether it's your professional or your personal growth and goals. And this week, I'm delighted to introduce you to Rebecca Aherque, who is the marketing executive with a passion and a commitment to empowering the voices and narratives of those who are so often overlooked. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, well, do you know what? We always love having these chats, you know, and always I'm always kind of in awe every time. I, have the, I do think I have the best job in the world having these conversations. So thank you so much for, for giving your time. But tell me about the exhibition at the, the Walker Art Gallery that you've co-created, co-curated, shall I say? Yeah. So that exhibition is called The Colonial Legacies of the Liverpool Sandbach Family. Um, it basically is exploring the links between Liverpool and colonialism and empire um, by looking at the Sandbach family in particular, who were a famous family in Liverpool, who were essentially um, slave owners. Like they owned plantations, they were merchants, they were ship owners. And we looked at their art pieces, which have been on display in the gallery for, I don't know how long, but too long without any historical context or any acknowledgement that they accrued their wealth and they accrued these art pieces, you know, at the expense of enslaving and trafficking tens of thousands of people. So basically the exhibition is there to bring light to that part of history and to decolonize the art. Um, if you go to the exhibition yourself, you know, if you're in Liverpool or around Liverpool, you'll see for yourself that the one thing that we did manage to do was to actually relocate iron ankle shackles from the International Slavery Museum to the exhibition to be a new part of it. And that's just to really show that, you know, visual juxtaposition of these pristine, like, marble art sculptures versus these rotten shackles, which were actually used to enslave and traffic people and commit crimes against humanity. And it's to also show, you know, the legacies of slavery and empire and colonialism. They're not just something that exists in a vacuum or that exists only in history. You know, its legacies are still present in our street names, in our buildings, in our museums, in our art galleries and in our culture today. So there's so much more that went into the project. You know, we did a lot of research. We created new placards and um, we went into the archives we attended workshops and talks and we also produced our own podcast so if you want to you know check that out for yourself whether you don't get to visit the actual exhibition 
you know, you can look into it online and it, there's there's a lot that went into it and yeah, you should definitely check it out if you can. We will put those details in the show notes as well so people can uh, connect and see, you know, and you're clearly so passionate about, you know, this, this exhibition and this project. Um, but how did you get involved with this? So it was actually a call out to young people in Liverpool aimed at, um, you know, people from ethnic minority groups. And it was actually my mum that was um, sent this through her inbox. She's been involved in like community work and that kind of EDI space for years and years with her own charity. So she got sent this through her inbox through Alex, Alex Patterson, who um, created the project. And yeah, as soon as I saw it, I knew that it was something that I wanted to get involved in. Um, I've always been passionate about art and history and social activism. And I think the thing that also appealed to me was the fact that it was people my age. So I was getting to meet people who were like-minded and it was also, you know, us who had complete agency over which direction that the project went in and what we wanted the end result to be which in itself is is really empowering. So, yeah. And we talked about in the intro about your, you know, you have that commitment to empowering the voices of, you know, those not just overlooked, but this is actually bringing voices from history back. You know, Liverpool was, you know, part of that slave triangle. And like you say, you talk about the streets, you've got the very, you know, those prestigious streets in Liverpool that were often, you know, very much inhabited by the the slave masters themselves, you know. So, uh, you know, to be involved and to give the the voices of the past um, a stage, I think is, is amazing. And this, the whole exhibition has received national press, hasn't it? It has, yeah. BBC News, The Guardian, and uh, we were even recognised by Museums Association, which is a really prestigious association. We were nominated um, or shortlisted for an award. So it has definitely made an impact. And, you know, the hope is that it won't just end here, that it will be a catalyst for further change, for further decolonisation, for looking into the archives and just providing more of a historical context into into the things that are in our museums and our galleries and our city. And this whole passion about, you know, giving voices, you know, what I'm always passionate about what other people can do. You've literally thrown yourselves like completely into this project and 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 really, you know, you are that trailblazer, you know, but what what steps can we all take um to empower voices and narratives of of people who are overlooked in in whatever um in whatever way? I think it's about giving people the platform to be their best and most authentic selves and to be able to share their lived experiences without fear of judgment or fear of stigma or fear of being condemned. Um, And it's just about having that diversity of narrative and about celebrating that. Um, And I think it's about advocating for others when they can't advocate for themselves. So an example is the project that I was involved in. You know, you, you, you made a good point about the fact that it's these people who existed, you know, a long, long time ago, but we're kind of bringing their voice and their issues to the forefront. Um, another example that I have of that, in, in my workplace, we have guest speakers. And we recently had a guest speaker named Giles Dooley, and he's a war photographer. And typically, war photography, you know, it's like destruction and burnt buildings and blown up places and all that but his photography shows kind of the human side to war and conflict so like families like you know sitting at the dinner table friends playing people smiling 
Um, and what I admired about his talk and his work in particular is that, you know, it's it's his ability to kind of bring the overlooked side and the overlooked narrative to the forefront, which I think is really amazing and it's really important. And it's I think it's important to have that diversity of narrative and advocate for people who can't advocate for themselves or who don't have that voice to do that. And it's reframing the story, isn't it? That power of storytelling is so absolutely critical, um, I think. So I think the fact that this project you've been able to do that and you know and, and bring that different voice to whatever your perception was or is actually we're telling it in a in a in a different way um i want to bring into the kind of the world the, the corporate world you know black black women are highly up, underrepresented in the corporate world fact you know research showing that less access to training less mentorship less opportunities to interact with senior leaders thus re- resulting in you know um often a, a lack of career progression um you've educated yourself around the additional challenges you you face in the corporate world what 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 have you discovered well just like what you've pointed out you know the the lack of career progression, less opportunities for mentorship, less access to training, less opportunities to interact with senior leaders in com- in comparison to, you know, the white counterparts, um, which obviously results in, you know, a lower retention rate and also a lack of confidence for black women to enter these spaces. But then, you know, you have those negative statistics, but then you also have positive statistics that show that companies with diverse teams have a higher revenue, they, they have higher innovation, do you know what I mean? So I think it's important to champion black women as, as much as I can in the position that I'm in because those statistics of, you know, less mentorship and this stuff, the other, personally, I haven't experienced that where I've been and I'm so, I realised how blessed that I am. So with that platform that I do have, I just try to make the most of it and provide a seat at the table, really. 100% and even more than one seat, isn't it? I'm always a big fan of you, you know, build a bigger table, take more chairs. And, you know, w- within your organisation, you uh, you have, you're in the marketing role at your law firm, but you're also chair of the company's diversity committee. Uh, tell me about what you've been driving there. Yeah, so again, um, just that diversity of narrative, just making sure that everybody feels included and represented you know it's like the framework of EDI and I think it's so great that I do work in a workplace where I can I can work on my passion as a marketer but then I can also combine it with my passion of EDI so some of the initiatives that I've been fortunate enough to kind of be involved in or lead on is you know inviting guest speakers such as the one I pointed out earlier Giles Dooley uh, we've also had guest speakers like Quajo Twenaboa, he's a housing disrepair advocate. We've had the Anthony Walker Foundation come in, they're an anti-racism charity and they've came and done some, you know, anti-racism training, um, arranging events and days out. So like last year, some of us went on the Walk of Remembrance, the Slavery Remembrance Day. We attend anti-racism conferences, um, you know, celebrating awareness days such as Black History Month, International Women's Day, Diwali, you name it. Um, and also just, you know, like don't underestimate, I think the point that I'd like to make is like don't underestimate the power of like social media and the power of storytelling, like you pointed out before. So, you know, anything from blogs, socials and podcast production like we're doing right now. Um, yeah, I think it's important to make visible that diversity as much as you can because it's all well and good 
having these initiatives and keeping it internal, but it's about, you know, appealing to that wider audience. So if there's somebody that wants to apply to the to my firm and they see, oh, they celebrated International Women's Day, oh, they've spoken about topics such as endometriosis or Diwali or Black History Month or Pride Month, then okay, I'm gonna feel safe entering that space. And I think that's why it's also important to to kind of keep that going as much as possible and I think you know you, you talk about the podcast that you've you've now got involved with are they are they the same type of topics that you're talking keeping that because co- everyone engages in a different way you talk about the events that you've taken part in the projects that you've taken part on the the initiatives across the diversity community but podcast gives another way doesn't it to to engage as well yeah you know with being involved in the podcast it was started off you know producing the podcast and I've been fortunate enough to host a few episodes. And what I've found is that storytelling is a super powerful tool for connecting with people and just sharing important messages. And again, sharing narratives that aren't widely spoken about. And yeah, recently I was able to host an episode of our company podcast about endometriosis, which is a condition that affects people with periods. I, I interviewed two of my colleagues who were affected by it. And to the average person, they're not going to, they might not know what endometriosis is, they might have heard of it, but again, it's not widely spoken about, but allowing my colleagues to have that platform to share their experiences and share their stories, it, it's empowering, it's, it's empowering and it makes people, you know, not feel so alone, it, it, it creates awareness, it destigmatizes, and ultimately it's, it's a tool for positive change and for more conversation which is what I'm all about really and it is it's about I always think it's you know about having a conversation but then it's about enabling that conversation to carry on in a in a safe place and as you talked about earlier you know people you join in your organization if they're like looking at the things that you can be involved in around the committee around the podcast it's so it's creating that lens out there to go great actually I can have a voice here and how you know there's a campaign earlier this year which was the end endometriosis campaign and so it's supporting that and bringing those stories of your fellow colleagues to life I think that's often how we we learn and educate isn't it so it's using using that and you know you talked about um having how do you ensure that your voice is heard and you you know we talked about seats at the table how have you done that you you know you're a very you know sort of focused passionate authentic um leader right you know that's who you are in in your role and in in your side hustles as well so how have you ensured that through your career so far that you have created that seat or you know that opportunity and and your voice to be heard yeah I think for me I use every opportunity that's given to me as much as I can so for example the exhibition I I speak about that all the time we started that in 2021. It was released to the public last year, 2022. And still in 2023, I'm still going on about it because the conversation still needs to be going. It's still important. It's still relevant. And it, so much has come out of it. So many opportunities have come out of it. So just making the most of every single opportunity that I have, using social media as a tool for change, again, don't underestimate the power of social media for, for positive change. It's amazing. And it's not like I have a massive following, but again, like the the conversation the the way I've been able to connect to people through social media is just it's it's really worked in my favour. And I think I'm also blessed to work in a place where I am 
empowered every single day to to strive and make the most of 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 my knowledge and my resources and again advocating for whoever I can and I think it is that's again goes back to that using that power for good and I think you know I think of social media I'm totally with you I mean there can be so much you know you can draw negatives on it but I think from my eight years of running, you know, sort of the, my two organizations, it's absolutely all been built on the power of using that voice and that platform, you know, for good across all and, and adapting as social media channels change as well. So it's, and the appropriate ones for your audience. So, so tell me, uh, finally, you are planning to launch an initiative to empower black women in the corporate world. Tell us more. Yeah. So as I progress within my career, I hope to, as I said, start an initiative, which encourages and empowers black women to enter the you know these corporate spaces um it's also aimed to encourage more organizations to employ more black women at all career stages and to prioritize edi um you know as black women we're not in those top one percent of earners we're not supported enough the opportunities aren't given to us enough you know the statistics show it so i hope that the initiative can address this disparity and all of the issues that do reside in the workplace for black women and for women of colour so that you know black women can be encouraged to enter these spaces but so that these spaces can be safe for them in turn so that's all future stuff though I think you know in the early days when I eventually do get started I'd like for it to just serve as a safe space for black women and girls to connect and network and receive advice on how to navigate the workplace, access support, etc. So watch this space. <laughs> and you are most definitely a woman who gets stuff done. So I would encourage any of you out there who are listening, think God, I might be interested in that. I think you should reach out to Rebecca because I'm always a big fan of that. You know, there's the there's there's people out there who want to do more of this, who kind of had sort of ideas about how they can. So my my view is that, you know, uh, on your own, you can go fast together. You can go far, you know. So I think we know what happens on these podcasts. All of a sudden people get connected to say, oh, how can we get involved? And all of a sudden you've you've built a, a mega movement. So Rebecca, thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. You are incredible, actually, quite frankly. Keep being awesome. And thank all of you out there for listening. Please do join in on our weekly episodes. I have, as I say, the best job in the world to chat and converse with some of these amazing, amazing humans doing absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal things like uh, Rebecca today. And please do subscribe so you don't miss an episode as we are on our pathway to power. Um, And if you'd like to join us on the mission of professional and personal development and empowering each other in collaboration, please do stay connected on everything we are doing on our power platform our digital platform at wearepower.net or join in the conversation across all of our socials at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women on all of the other ones Uh, but thank you so much thanks Rebecca thank you for joining us my name is Simone you've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast a What Goes on Media production